we said last week, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 3. And verse 3 through verse 14 is literally one long run-on sentence. Paul lists seven things there that we have in Christ. It's a foundation of our identity. So it's so important because what you tie your heart to will become what your identity is linked to. It, it becomes who you are. So God wants your identity to be tied to him. So we need to understand this verse, this chapter, or verse 3 through verse 14. We, we have to understand this. This is foundational. So I'm going to say a few things that we said last week, and then we're going to jump and keep going. It says in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, that's past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And if you'll notice, if you have a King James Bible, what they do is they italicize words that were not in the original manuscripts. They were added to bring clarity to the text. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But in this case, if you take that word places out, it would literally read, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenlies in Christ. So all of our blessings are in heavenlies. They're in the spirit realm, in other words. You can't see them. What's exciting about that is we learn from the Word of God that everything you see in this world was made by things that you can't see. So actually, the spirit realm is more real than the physical realm. So all these blessings are more real than what you see. And all these things that you can't see enforce what you will see in your life. So the literal Greek, it would read like this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. And as we said last week, this is not just talking about the blessing of Abraham. That's part of it. Go, just keep your finger here in Ephesians, go back to Galatians, or just read it on the screen. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, it talks about how that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now we see in Deuteronomy 28, it lists the curse of the law. We're redeemed from sickness and disease. We're redeemed from poverty and lack. We're redeemed, as we see in the redemptive work of Jesus, from spiritual death. You are no longer spiritually dead. You. You are not a body. You live in one. You are a spirit, right? And you live in a body, and, you're, and your spirit, you possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So when you got saved, the Holy Spirit made you a brand new spirit. He did not improve yours. He didn't renovate your old spirit. That old spirit was taken out of you. It's gone forever, and you were reborn. That's where we get the term born again. More accurately, in the Greek, you would probably say we were born from above. We were born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. We heard the Word of God. Faith was birthed in our heart. We believed that Jesus died on a cross for our sins, that God the Father rose him from the dead. We just, we, we believe that. We chose to believe that. It's always just a choice. And then we believe that in our heart, and then we acted on that belief, right? And we said, Jesus, now with my mouth, I proclaim that you're Lord of all and you're my Lord. And when that happened, now the Holy Spirit of God, we invited him in and he took our old spirit man out and he made us a brand new creature in Christ. That word creature in 2 Corinthians 5 means a new species of being, one that has never existed before. 
And it goes a little deeper. It even says that Greek word means you're an original form. You know what an original form is? That means there's never been another one like you. Oh, we're all children of God, but we're all original. There's never been another one like you, never will be another one like you. The plan that God has for your life is very specific for you. It's for you to walk out every desire of your heart. God will never make you do something you don't want to do. Right? But now I'll tell you this, you might feel like it if your flesh ruled. Because your flesh won't want to do it, but your spirit wants to do it. So if you just feed your spirit, that will renew you with the word of God and that will renew your mind. So you start thinking right. And then your life will be transformed. What that means is what's on the inside, the spirit man that you are, will start showing up on the outside. So this is what we're talking about. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So in the, if, if you look at it, it says that Christ redeemed us. This word redeemed means he purchased us out of one place and condition, but that's not the end of redemption. It means to be put into another place and another condition. We've been taken out of the delegated influence of darkness and placed in the kingdom of God's dear son, in the kingdom of God. So now as I live in the world, right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, if you're walking through the shadow of something, you know what that means? That means it's there. Because you can't have a shadow of something without the something. So death is here. But though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, see, I'm walking through it in the kingdom of God. Where I have all authority. I will fear no evil because he's with me. How is he with you? Oh, you can't really separate me from him. I'm in him. He's in me. Right? Jesus even prayed, Father, that they would be one even as you and I, Father, are one. I in you, you in me, us in them, them in us. I mean, he, he uses these examples and it's like, wow. You're God's child. That's your identity. You've been born again. You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According to Galatians 3, Jesus took your place. See, there had to be wages. The wages of sin is death. Somebody had to die. Jesus died for you. None of us are going to walk around in heaven going, look at me, look at all that I did. No, 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 no. We realize, no, it's, it's in him that I live and move and have my being. And now I finally realize this is why I'm created. So now I never, if I actually, if I actually look at something and think I could do it in my own flesh, I look at it and go, yep, that's too low, that's too small, that's not God. Because God will call me to do things that... When you look at it, you just sit there and go, yeah, there's no way I can do that in my own. And you get all excited because you're like, man, but I can do it all in him. Right? Because he's doing the work. He's, I'm working with him. It's in him that I live and move and have my being. So this is our DNA. And God did this so that verse 14 of Galatians chapter 3, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, and then he explains it a little more. So now we have the Old Testament blessing of Abraham that can now come on us as Gentiles. Well, what's the blessing of Abraham? Abraham, you follow me. I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to increase your influence in the earth so that you could be a blessing. It was a threefold blessing. You see it in his life. Abraham was a natural man. So he couldn't make any of it happen. He would just obey and then God would do it. So we have that, that's great. But then it goes on and says that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we get the blessing of Abraham and more. And more. 
I love that. You know, I said this last week, we were separated from the curse, separated unto the blessing. God did something in us so that something could come upon us, right? So the literal meaning of verse 3, again, Ephesians chapter 1 in verse 3, the literal meaning, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings You could say it this way, in the spirit realm, in Christ. Okay? Is that clear? The blessing of Abraham plus, now we're going to give you a math equation here, the blessing of Abraham plus the promise of the spirit through faith equals all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Not either or. Okay? You, if, if it's okay to scream, if you jump up and run, it's all right. That's good. Because when you see this, you start to see what you have and the enemy's done in your life forever. Not only is he done in your life, he's done in everybody's life that you get around. Right? See, the Jews had temporal blessings. We said this last week. We have been given spiritual blessings and temporal blessings. Like we said before, spiritual blessings enforce the temporal blessings. Right? And we have been given authority in the name of Jesus. Remember, the Bible doesn't say that we have a different covenant. Right? It doesn't say that we have a substitute covenant. Hebrews what? Hebrews 8, 6 says we have a better covenant established on better promises. So we have to know this. This covenant. God doesn't have one covenant with the Jews and another with the church. Right? God has one covenant with the family of God. We're his spiritual children. We're his... I mean, when it says the adoption, see... Adoption, Eastern adoption is different. We think of adoption like, you know, my mom, when she married my dad, who would be called a stepdad, he adopted me. And so my last name, it's, my name's a little weird because it's Anthony Finley. So Italian, Irish. Well, I'm not Irish at all. My real name's Anthony Arigo, but I was adopted. I was given another name, right? But see, with God, it's different. He didn't come to some, you know, orphanage and grab you. No, no, you were born his child. Adoption, it talks about you come into your full inheritance, but you're still his child. Here's your genealogy. You know, my genealogy was kind of messed up. It's like, well, my father, you know, was in the mob, and he was a killer. Never knew him, right? So I kind of grew up going, wow, that's great, you know? We used to joke about it. Yeah, we don't have problems at Faith Family Church. You know, they just kind of disappear because we joke about that, you know? (laughs) Then we found all this stuff out, and we're like, whoa, we better not say that anymore, right? Pastor, this is going live all over the world. Who cares, right? I don't care. Because see, in the Gospel of John, I saw my true genealogy. And this is yours too. Your genealogy is great, right? You are of God, little children. So it's God of the universe and you. Jesus came into the world as the only begotten Son of God. But now who is he? He's the first begotten. Why? I don't know what number you are. I don't know what number I am. I don't care. But I I know I'm his favorite. And guess what? Guess what? You are too. Because he's just. He's no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for all. And, and, And I should say that correctly. What he has done for all, he'll do for all. Right? It's all done. So you got to realize that. 
Jesus fulfilled the old covenant and made it better. Hallelujah. What are we saying with this verse? This means that you and I, as New Testament children of God, are in a new position. As you're sitting here right now, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you think, no matter what, you are in a new position. You know, we think about, man, when we get to heaven, I just want to talk to David. I want to talk to Abraham. No, they want to talk to you. Because they never had what we have here. They're going to be coming up to you going, how was it to have the Holy Spirit not just come upon you once in a while, but to be in you all the time? And you might sit here and go, well, that's no big deal. No, no, just, it's no big deal unless you start to meditate on this day and night. And it becomes an all-encompassing big deal because you start to see what that really means. So Abraham... He had this covenant partner, right, who was a spirit being, God. But Abraham never had a spiritual position. But you and I do, right? Now, we have been given authority in the name of Jesus as God's own child to now bring heaven to this earth, to operate in his authority, to stop the enemy, to get them out of our lives and out of people's lives, to be light in this world, to walk in all the blessings of God. He put his spirit in me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, so that I could know the things that were freely given to me by God. Isn't that good news? So now I have authority. As I said a moment ago, Abraham was completely dependent upon God doing everything. But no longer. See, now... Now I have the name of Jesus, right? Now I have a spiritual position in Christ to use God's authority and power and blessings that are where? They're in the name of Jesus, right? Why do I have that? So that I could carry out God's plan and purpose in the earth in a much greater way. In other words, the place of all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. What is this place? It is a place of authority. You've been seated far above. Why am I saying this? Because we're entering a season now of greater measure, of multiplication. It's not coming, it's here. So I'm telling you, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is dripping in excitement to reveal this to you so that you can see who you are in Christ and that you can go into your world using the authority, power, and blessing of God which are in the name of Jesus and things, see things radically change so that the world could see these things radically change in your life so that they come running to you. Right? We don't beg people. Right? No, 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 this is, God doesn't beg. He just, he's just like, hey, I'm, I, I'm encouraging you. Choose life, choose life, choose life, choose life. I love you, I love you, I love you. Satan's like, oh, that's nonsense. I'm, you know, but, but he, he has no power. He has no power over you and I. So now, when I understand that I have this place of authority in Christ, now, the mature believer no longer prays and begs God to do things for him, right? He knows it's already done. Now we live on the earth, but we have a place of spiritual authority, the same place that Jesus has, right? Jesus didn't say, as I was when I was on the earth, so are you. He said, no, 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 as I am. What? Seated at the right hand of God? So are you. So the works that I do, Jesus is saying, greater works are you going to do. Why? Because I'm going to the Father. When he said that, he had authority, but he didn't have all authority yet. Now he has all authority, and he gave it all to us, and now we are to be Jesus in the earth. 
So God wants you, 2020, God wants you to meet yourself and get to know who you are in him. We're nothing in ourselves, but we're not created to be ourselves. We're created to be in him. It's wonderful. Once you know God's will as a New Testament believer, it is a matter of now just acting on the authority he's given you in the name of Jesus to carry it out. Remember last week's example with Moses. Moses is a type of, of a New Testament believer. Moses is crying to God, hey, uh, the Red Sea's on one side of me, the Egyptian army's on the other side ready to kill me. God, please help me. And the God of heaven is going, Mo, why are you crying to me? I gave you the staff. Use the staff and part the Red Sea. What? You could just imagine Moses going, well, he's always done everything he said. He's God. Yes. There's only one answer to that. Yes, sir. Right? I mean, Mary preached the perfect faith sermon at the wedding of Cana in Galilee. Whatever he said, whatever Jesus said to you guys, just do it. I learned that as his mom. Just whatever he says, just do it. It always works out. Right? Right? So, so now we have this place. Now, so it, and it says right in the story, when Moses, he took the rod and he parted the Red Sea. But then when you read further, you find out when he took the rod and acted, when he did something, then God did something. So when you speak to your body in the name of Jesus, then God does something. When you speak to your business, when you speak to your family, when you speak to your marriage, then God's able to do something because his presence, his power, all the blessing are right where his name is. He sent his word and healed him. And the word's name is Jesus. Amen? Amen? So we've been given everything. This is what verse 3 says in Ephesians chapter 1. We've been given everything that we could ever need. Verse 4, you ready? Did you think I was ever going to get through verse 3? <laughs> I'm really only getting started, but that'll do for today. Verse 4, according as he hath, again past tense, chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame, before him in love. Wow. In other words, God planned in advance all that you were born to be, all that you were born to accomplish. It's already done. He's already planned it. Now the thing is, you just have to follow the plan. Right? And guess what? You've been given the Holy Spirit to lead you in the plan. So this word according is real interesting. It would, it's, it's called in the Greek an eris participle. The closest thing in English would be our past participle. Now if you're like me, I actually thought school, it, it, it's, like, it's like this, I thought school was kind of like a chip, a tortilla chip. So you know a tortilla chip, what it really is, it's a salsa carrying device the reason for its existence is to bring salsa into your mouth right i thought high school the reason for high school was so that i could play basketball i mean not to learn so you might be sitting here going what what's a past participle you don't worry about that okay because if you were like me i'd be like past what right my wife is going oh honey but what this means, it would read, instead of according, you could read it like this, because and before. So in your notes, you could go, you could read verse 3, right? He gave us everything, blessed us with, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, because and before he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Chosen, that word means hand-picked. Hand-picked, it has within the word to live in a certain geographical area at a certain place in the time of history of man. 
That's why geography's real big, right? It's real big to God, because the blessing of the Lord is in the land that he has you, right? So it, it's almost like you're reading this backwards. So he gave us all these spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ because and before he chose us in him. When did he choose you in him? Before the foundation of the world. Wow. So if he chose you, do you have a right to just go, well, I'm just nothing. I've messed up one too many times. No. He already chose you. He chose you before the foundation of the world. Wow. So let's just say that's the creation of Adam and Eve about 6,000 years ago. So literally 6,000 years before you were born, he chose you. And he's all-knowing, so he knew everything you'd do stupid. And he's still okay with that because he knows who you are in his son and all that you're called to be. So now, here we go again, verse 5. There's another, the word having is another aorist participle. So you would read it again. Instead of having, you could read it because and before. Do you kind of see how God's going backwards? He, he blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Because and before, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Because and before... He predestinated us. Now, this word predestinated means he preplanned. It does not mean predetermined. Because a Calvinist will say, well, God already picked who would be saved and who wouldn't. But that can't possibly be true because God says, I'm the God that would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So in other words, God in Christ blessed us with, blessed all of mankind with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ because and before, why? He chose us. He literally chose everybody. But it's not enough for God to choose you. you he gave us a free will, so you've got to choose him. But I'm so glad I, I chose him. So I'm in. I'm his righteousness. I'm holy. I, I am, I'm not in a position, you can't blame me. What? Come on, pastor. My wife blamed me this morning. I did something stupid and my wife, no, 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 no. The Bible says you're not blamable. Why? Well, if you open the book in heaven and look at your sin, it's blank. The Bible says in Romans, you can't sin. You, the spirit man. That's, wrap your mind around that. You've got to rightly divide the word. But if you don't ever understand that, you're never going to understand righteousness. And guess what? Holiness flows out of righteousness, so you're always going to be doing silly things. Yeah. Your, your spirit's going to be grieved because your flesh is doing stuff you don't want to do. That's right. And you don't have to do it. And when you realize that you've been made free, you could walk free. When you understand and get rid of this, see, why does a person sin? Why do they do sinful or unrighteous behavior? Their nature's not changed. Their spirit doesn't want to do it. All that's happening is their, the sin nature in their flesh is siding with their unrenewed mind, and they do something they don't want to do. But if you get the sin consciousness out of your mind by renewing it with the Word of God, Boy, we're getting into some really good stuff here. I hope you like this. Then you'll get rid of the sin consciousness. You'll see a righteousness consciousness within your mind. And now holiness will flow out of righteousness and you'll have no trouble walking free from any sin. Any sin behavior that you're doing because it's just in your mind and your flesh. It's not who you are. You were made to walk holy before him, keeping all the doors shut to the enemy and keeping all the doors open for God to just move in your life. That's what he wants. And the Bible calls that a rest. He says the way of a transgressor, that's hard. 
So many Christians living in inner turmoil when they don't have to. Right? So because and before, he predestined us. He pre-planned. He pre-planned for who? Every human being. Every human being who ever was born into this world, who will ever be born, God pre-planned something for them. What did he pre-plan? I'm glad you asked. He pre-planned that we would be adopted the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. He planned for everybody to become his child through salvation. Wow. According to the good pleasure of his will. I love that phrase. Because in the literal Greek it means because he loved us so much that he just wanted to. God had a plan. God pre-planned for everybody to be saved. But each person must choose that and if you don't choose jesus then you're rejecting him there's no middle ground there the the bummer about hell and hell is very real everybody who's ever lived on this planet when they pass from this earth realm they either go to heaven or they go in the earth nobody ceases to exist because man's eternal the bummer about hell is going to be that everybody there knows that the price was paid for them. They didn't have to be there. They just didn't choose it. And that's why we're here, to tell people, hey, God redeemed you. He took your place. You might think that's a silly message. That's the message. The problem is people say no. There's a ton of people that, are, that, that think they're Christians and they're saying no to God on every, on every stand. I hope they are. I hope they're just carnal so that they still make heaven. Because it would be a bummer to miss God's plan for your life down here. Because when you stand before him, you're just going to go, man, I just, I really wanted to please you. Right? But it would be an even bigger bummer to miss heaven. And we're living in a time of great deception, guys. Many, it says multitudes will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? And didn't I do that? And didn't I do this? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Wanted to, but never did. But that's not going to be any of us. Or anyone that we know, right? Because we're not going to just go, we're not going to just go preach the gospel. We're equipped to preach and demonstrate the gospel. So if you want to see the gospel, look at my life, right? And boy, can I relate to any sinner, because to be honest with you, I could relate to a sinner more than, more than them, because they don't really know. But I know what I've been redeemed out of, and I know there was no way I could get out of it. I was, I was a mistake waiting to happen. I was stupid. I was blind. I was flesh ruled. And there was no, I was dead. There was nothing that I could ever do to become alive. And then Jesus. And it all changed. So in verse 3 through verse 5, I'm going to read this now literally. So I'm going to kind of flip it because an heiress participle, it's kind of going backwards, right? So it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ, verse 4, because and before he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 5, because and before he preplanned us unto the adoption of children, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So that's what those verses literally mean. Now remember, as we said before, he's making seven specific points telling us about who we are and what we have in Christ. He's literally defining who you are. He's laying a foundation so that you can believe God. So many people try to grab a scripture And because God's not first, they want to do it in three minutes, and they think they're able to stand 
in faith to receive something from God, but what they don't realize is they don't know who they are, so they've got every door open in their life because of their behavior that's contrary, and they're basically saying, Satan, come steal, kill, and destroy from me, and they don't know it. And so they believe God for three or four hours, and then they give up and say, see, that doesn't work. No, 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 it always works. So what we're doing is laying a foundation. Remember, in the gospel it said, the guy who hears and does the word of God is like a man that digs deep and founds his house upon a rock. And when the floods come, the storms come, it says the house is not even shaken. Man, when the wind blows, I could kind of hear our windows shake again. But you know, in my life, the windows don't shake. The wind is insignificant to me. And it's to be that way for you too. Verse 6. Well, let me say this about verse 3 through verse 5. I wrote this last night. I want to say it so that you can really see it. So here's, I'm going to read, I'm going to kind of explain verse 3 through verse 5. God pre-planned to adopt us as his children because he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, so that he could bless us with all spiritual blessings in, heavenly, in heavenlies in Christ. Do you see how that, that's how that would read? Verse 6. Man, we're flying now. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Isn't that amazing? God literally puts grace in you, which is the finished work of Christ. What comes out of you is glory. It shows the world Jesus. If grace was a tree, Glory would be the fruit. So when God says, as truly as I live, this is an oracle of God. This is a never-ending, unchanging law of God. He spoke this in Numbers. He says, as truly as I live, my glory will cover this earth as the waters cover the seas. Now what little revelation we have on the grace of God, that gets you excited, doesn't it? Because that denotes a body of Christ walking in the grace of God all over the earth and the glory of God coming out of it. When you, when you literally seize hold of with God's faith that you get from hearing his word of, of something that he's provided by his grace for you, healing, provision, whatever it is, when that shows up in your life, glory comes out of your life and the world sees God. They don't see you they see Jesus. It's awesome. It's so important. See, why, why do, do very few people want to go to church anymore? It's because they're not seeing Jesus. They're seeing religion. And religion will attract certain spiritually dead, morally decent people. But religion will not save you. Religion will not help you. It's a relationship. Verse 7. In whom we have redemption. That means in whom? In Christ I have been redeemed. I've been ransomed. He bought me back. This word redemption means to buy back. Through his blood. It took the blood of Jesus to buy you and I. So don't ever think you're not precious. The enemy will tell you you're just average and ordinary. There is nothing average and ordinary about you. You'll go, but wait a minute, but I failed here and I failed here. Yeah, well, th that doesn't mean anything. That's, what you do is not who you are. The reason why you did that stupid stuff is because you don't know who you are. But once you know who you are, you won't do that anymore. Right? I mean, I've been stupid and now I'm not. And I, I, not being stupid's better. And I know that because every once in a while I jump over to stupid and then I'm like, what am I doing? And I just jump back. But thank God, because when you beat yourself up because of guilt, shame, and condemnation, that will try to pull you back into the stupid. 
But when you realize there is therefore now, now that Jesus came out of the tomb, no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. That now there's no guilt, shame, or condemnation. So now when I mess up, I just repent. Well, what causes me to repent? The goodness of God causes me to repent. What does repent mean? To change my mind? Right? Gosh, I'm tired of beating my head up against the wall. The Holy Spirit's going great. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of it too. Why don't you forget about it? See, we thought that was a mafia saying, right? Forget about it. No, 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 no. That is, why is all this mafia stuff? But anyway, that, that's not, no, that's God. He's like, forget about it. Because I've forgotten about it. And that wasn't a light thing. It took the death of his son to forget about it. Right? So in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In other words, the grace of God is God doing for you and I what we could never do for ourselves. He just did it. Paul is letting us know here that we have been bought back by the blood of Jesus. Now, when you get a revelation of that, you'll get real excited. Why? Because to buy something back, it had to belong to God before. We are the purchased possession of God because we belong to him to begin with. And then sin separated us, so now we had to be made new creatures, and he sent Jesus to do that. Man was created to be in the image of God, the possession of God, and in the family of God. In other words, God was to be the source of man's life. And as a New Testament believer, God himself is the source of yours and my life. Wow. The book of Leviticus tells us about the shedding of blood and sacrifices. Wow. Boy, can you enjoy that book. You know, but it tells all about it. On the Day of Atonement, God accepts the blood of animals and that would cover sin over the children of Israel for a season. The Old Testament speaks of forgiveness of sins. It does. The New Testament speaks of remission, a removing of sin. Much, not just sins, removing of sin. A removing of the very sin nature. A removing of spiritual death which causes you to be free from sin. Now God turns away and he remembers our sin no more. And the reason why he does that is because there is nothing to remember. Because Jesus paid for it. See, we let the devil beat us up for sin. <laughs> but in reality, it's impossible for God to hold sin against any of us because the blood of Jesus already eradicated it. That's why the healing that you might be sitting here thinking, why is it not manifesting? It's not because God's withholding it. Get excited about that. It's because maybe you're having some trouble laying hold. The Holy Spirit will help you lay hold. Or maybe you've laid hold and you're just sitting here and, and the enemy's trying to talk you out of it. Don't let go. There's never been anybody that's ever gotten in faith and stayed in faith that did not see the results in their life. It's impossible. Unless God's a liar, and he's not. So rejoice about that. Verse 8, wherein he hath abounded. Now this means he hath superabounded, he hath overflowed towards us in all wisdom and prudence. So God has caused an overwhelming overflow of wisdom and prudence to come to us. You have been given an overflowing amount of wisdom and prudence. So I would suggest, that sounds really good, even though you're sitting here going, that's awesome. What in the world does that mean? Great question, I'm going to answer that one. So wisdom is insight. Wisdom is 
is the right application of knowledge. This is talking about spiritual impartations from the Holy Ghost. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says Christ was made unto us wisdom. So wisdom, the wisdom of God, it flows out of the Word of God. It enables you to apply the Word of God to your life so that you can walk in victory in every area of your life. That's yours. Isn't that amazing? Man, if you're awake this morning, that's amazing. And it says, and prudence. What's prudence? This is intellectual and moral insight. Prudence is the ability to solve any problem in the moment that you have it. How would you like to solve every problem that ever comes in your life the moment it comes? It says that God, because He's blessed you with all spiritual blessings, right? Because He chose you in Him, because He adopted you before the foundation of the world, and now He's given you wisdom and prudence. So now you could apply the word to walk in victory. Anytime you have a problem, the Holy Spirit's right there to give you the answer to the problem. And he, he didn't give you a little bit. He gave you an overflowing, superabounding amount. Wow. You know what that'll cause you to do? Think about that. It'll cause you to never, ever try to work out somebody else's salvation. If you ever tell somebody else what they need to do, you're a fool. You're not walking in the wisdom of God or the prudence of God. Because your, your eyes are off what you need to be doing. But as you, guess what? As you walk in wisdom and prudence, the Holy Spirit is able to help other people walk in wisdom and prudence. There is a supernatural understanding for you and I as a child of God. Isn't that awesome? There should always be, in other words, a supernatural overflow in our lives. You know what cuts that off? Is we get our eyes off Jesus and we get our eyes on ourselves and our circumstances and all of a sudden we stop realizing what's happening in us and when we get our eyes off him we start, we start to realize of what's happening to us. And, and we start comparing what we're facing to us, and we're not enough in our own. We're never created to be that way. But when we have our eyes on Him, we're comparing everything we're facing to Him, so it's no big deal. And in that place of rest, wisdom and prudence. You're no longer... See, in this place, this is your life. This is your source. It's first. And God's able to move. Why are there not more miracles in the church? Because you don't know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. We're seeing incredible miracles in areas of the world when Jesus is all they have. A mother carrying her little baby who's dying three days to come to a meeting. Nobody lays hands on the baby, but they just heard God's healing. And you know what? There's no urgent care. There's no antibiotics. And their baby's going to die and they simply believe. Amen. But not us. We have a lot of options. Well, thank God we live in this wonderful place of options. But I've got to tell you, be careful what options you take. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Rely on Him. Right? Wisdom. We have wisdom to understand the plan of God for our lives. Wow. See, this wisdom and prudence, this overflow, this should grow in our lives as we grow spiritually. Because God, He progressively develops all His children. Is it 1225? No. I just, holy smokes. That clock says 1225. Ryan's messing with me. I'm like, have I been preaching that long? Praise God, I still have time. That's awesome. Sweet. Sweet. Verse 9, verse 9. There we go. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm so happy right now. No, I'm just, just... Verse 9. 
having made known unto us the mystery. What's a mystery? A mystery is something hidden. Having made known to us. So in other words, God already made known to us this mystery. Of His will. In other words, this mystery is not hidden to us. According to His good pleasure, which He has purposed in Himself. Again, which He had purposed in Himself, it literally means in the Greek because He wanted to. God says this four times in verses 3 through verse 14. He wants you to know all of it's because He wanted to, because He loves you. Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, now this is the mystery, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him. This, this word dispensation, that in the dispensation, that means the administration of the fullness or of the completion of times. Literally what this is saying in verse 10, it's going, that in the administration of the completion of times, the dispensation of God means the administration of God's grace. We are in the church age, the age of the dispensation of the grace of God. The mystery, here's the mystery, at the completion of time, God is going to gather everyone in heaven and everyone on the earth all together in Christ. Wow. Now this could be talking about either the millennium period, the thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth, before we enter eternity, which is after the seven-year tribulation period, or it's talking about after, after he creates the new heaven and new earth. I personally believe it's after. But this is talking about a time where there will be no more evidence of the curse. There will be no more evidence of the fall. Satan's gone, done away with. No more evidence, no more pain, no more suffering. Isn't that awesome? This is the mystery. In other words, God is saying right here, this is my master plan and I've revealed it to you. See, as you live, so many Christians, if you start living in your flesh, you'll start living for today. I can't honor God in my finances because of what's going on today. I can't walk in love because of the way I'm feeling today. I can't do anything, the Word says, because of today. But we live. See, life's a vapor, and we have an eternal perspective. We're not moved by fear. We're not moved by anything outward. We're moved by Him inward. And it causes changes now you tap into living the very life of God. It says here, well, basically, if you look at Paul's writing, this was indescribable to Paul because he had nothing to compare it to. Indescribable. So good, we can't even fathom where we're headed in a very short period of time. Verse 11, we have another artist, artist I'm sorry, artist participle. So you could read verse 11, because and before, in whom also we've obtained an inheritance. Now, one translation says we've obtained, this word inheritance means a family. That Greek word literally means family. Because we've obtained a family, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who works all things after the counsel of his own will. This is an interesting phrase about God. He's the God who works all things after the counsel of his will. The word works means he puts his power and he energizes that which is his will. God puts his power in his will. His will is his word, that's why Hebrews says his power is, is, his word is full of life, his life and power. So when you speak his word in the name of Jesus, it brings the very power of God, the very presence of God right on the scene. Thank you, 
Satan doesn't want you to know you can do that. But you can. Because you're God's child. He predestined that we're part of his family that does this. Oh, you're going to see the body of Christ raise up in the earth. You're going to see love as never before. Signs, wonders, and miracles as never before. It's going to be the easiest thing we've ever done because we're actually going to be who we are. Right? It's not the individual that is predestined. This is not what he's talking about. It's the position in Christ that is predestined. He predestined you to have a position in Christ and be an heir to all this. We have to rightly divide the word. This is the place in Christ and it's for whoever will receive it. What does the Bible say? Whosoever will, let him come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Right? In Paul's day, it was predominantly a Jewish church. In our day, it's predominantly a Gentile church. A lot of that's going to change the minute the church is out of here because it's going to flip back to Daniel's 70th week, the tribulation period, which is right around the corner. And we'll be out of here, thank goodness. Yeah, right? All God's blessings are for all through Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? Verse 12, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. In other words, the reason for all of this is so that we would be to the praise of His glory. The church, in other words, is destined to be the evidence of God's master plan at work on the earth. We are to be the evidence. This is why Satan keeps beating you up and try to keeping you look like a, just like a natural man. But no, 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 you're not. And that's why you have this crazy preacher all the time telling you, right? We're going to preach the word under the anointing so that you can see it. Because you're not just a man or a woman. You are a child of God. You have the mighty Holy Spirit everywhere you go. No, you, you can't go to a dark place because there is no dark place when you get there. You have the authority of the name of Jesus. It's no different than Jesus himself showing up everywhere you go, in your business, in your marriage, in your body, everywhere. So we say we are children of God, right? This is huge. Verse 13, in whom you also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after you believed, were sealed. I love this verse. With that Holy Spirit of promise. See, the old word, old world way of sealing. When a person owned property, they would put a mark on it. That proved that this possession was purchased, right? So I've got a mark on this. It says, Pastor Tony Finley. It, that, that would be my mark that this is my Bible, right? So that, that was like old school. In the Old Testament, this mark or this seal was circumcision. In the New Testament, it's that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. See, I have the seal. And he bears witness all the time that you are a child of God. Tony, don't put up with that. You're a child of God. Satan says this to you. No, you rise up and you condemn that tongue. You don't put up with sickness and disease in your body. You don't put up with sick, uh, lack. Everything you're putting your hand to, will you, God, you, I know you said you'd bring it to maturity. So I'm not going to ever be moved by what I see. I already know the end of my story. You see that? Talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's presence in my life proves that I am purchased and owned by God. I am His. Satan, take your hands off me. Get out of my life. And oh, by the way, get out of my children's life because I'm His. Jesus said at one point, He said, right before He went to the cross, He said, Satan's coming. And he has nothing 
in me. I'm telling you, you need to stand up in your life and say, Satan, you have nothing in me. You have no right to touch my body. You have no right to be in my life. I am a child of God. That's Ephesians, right? So because of all of that, let me close by saying this. It says in Psalm 103, it's okay, Mike, you can just get the CD and listen over and over and over. It says in Psalm 103, verse 1, I'm with you though, I'm with you, brother. Verse 1, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul. I mean, this is, think about, this is old covenant. How much more can we read this under the light of New Testament truth? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I got to tell you, the benefits that David was trying to remember, we have a lot more benefits. It's not only these temporal things, presence of God. Now I am his child. So as a New Testament, I'm going to read that under the light of the New Testament and I'm going to get real excited because I know he forgives all of my iniquities. They're all gone. He heals. That's the Greek word or the Hebrew word Rapha. 67 times all through the Old Testament, it denotes physical healing. If somebody tells you spiritual healing, try not to laugh and then just ask them, try to ask them if you can with a straight face, what is that? Because I thought 2 Corinthians 5 said I'm new, right? It, it means physical healing. Who heals all of my diseases. Wow, diseases. Every time, it's the Hebrew word nosos. It denotes physical disease. He heals all of my diseases. That is just one of the blessings. But see, as I read this, I know things that David didn't know. Because now I look back and go, Christ himself bore my sickness, carried my pain. With his stripes, I'm healed. Right? It's awesome. It says here, who redeems. In the, in the literal Hebrew, it means the one constantly redeeming thy life from destruction. And this word destruction in the Hebrew language means destruction and decay. What is disease? Decay. What happens when your business is going down like this? It's decaying. What happens when your marriage is going... Any, any decrease in your life, it's decay. Get it out of your life. He's redeemed you from it. Who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. That is possibly the greatest part of all of these verses... In other words, literally, God crowns us with his eager yearning to bless us. When God is looking at you today, he knows everything that you need, and he is just dripping. He, I mean, you think you're waiting for your healing to manifest. Oh, he can't wait. Because he just loves to see his children walk in the blessing that he's provided for them. Verse 5, here's here's how you put it all together. He is the one who satisfies my mouth with good things. In other words, see, New Testament believer, see, David had a, a revelation of this, but I have a greater revelation now because now I know how this happens. How does he satisfy my mouth with good things? Because now I have the mighty Holy Spirit on the inside of me who teaches me this, who leads me into all the truth of this. So as I'm going through something, he will bring out of my spirit wisdom and prudence, and he'll bring his word up. He'll satisfy my mouth with good things. And as I speak this word out of my mouth that he tells me, my youth is renewed like the eagle's. Isn't that good news? This is what God is doing for you. So I pray as you end 2019, shake the dust off your feet, thank Him for everything that He has, and and thank Him, but then move into this new decade and go, this will be a new season for my life. And Father, 
I will be, Isaiah 119, willing and obedient. I'm not going to be the same. I'm going to make those changes that I need to make. A great one is stop beating yourself up. Look at your life and see what environment you need to be in. Make sure you're honoring God in every arena of your life. Make sure that you're walking and yielding to the love of God in your heart. Make sure that His Word is first place and you're meditating in it day and night. That means it's He is the center of your schedule. It'll change your life forever. It starts immediately and it'll progressively change until you'll turn around. You get so caught up with Him that all of a sudden you turn around and go, man, how did all this happen? It's wonderful. That's what God has for you. And guys, we're going to all walk in it together. Amen.